You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and today I have a quick and dirty tip about wolf down and woof down. I have a meaty middle about the interrobang and a tidbit about the phrase running roughshod. Let's get started. On Twitter, Daniel asked, when someone has eaten something very fast, have they wolfed? Or woofed it down? The right choice is to say people wolfed down their food, as if they were eating like a ravenous wolf in the wild. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, wolf was first used this way in the book The Seven Sons of Mammon in 1862, where the line reads, She used to wolf her food with her fingers. To say someone woofed down a meal is a specific kind of error called an egg corn, a term that was coined in 2003 by linguists on the website Language Log. They noticed that a woman had called an acorn an egg corn. On the egg corn database site, they explain that what makes this something more than a misspelling is if you don't know the spelling, egg corn actually makes sense because an acorn is shaped like an egg. And a kernel of corn can be a seed, just like an acorn is a seed. Since this was the first example they had seen of this kind of error, they named the class of error an egg corn. Woofed down is an egg corn because if you don't know the spelling, woof makes sense. Because these days, you're much more likely to see a hungry dog eating a meal than a hungry wolf. And you can imagine a dog gulping down a meal as if in a single woof. But that's not the right choice. You wolf down a meal. And I remember the right spelling by thinking of Little Red Riding Hood carrying her basket of food through the woods and the wolf following her wanting to wolf down a meal. And that was your quick and dirty tip. When you're eating in a hurry, you are wolfing down your food. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. 
that's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com grammar today. And now on to the interrobang. This piece is by Eric Deckers, who was inspired by the mention of the interrobang in our recent episode on the exclamation point. The cool thing about being a writer is that you're often given freedom to do unusual things. And you get to care about weird subjects. For example, when I go to a coffee shop, I make sure the logo on the cup and the sleeve both line up with the drinking hole in the plastic lid. Being a writer also means I have an unnatural interest in language and punctuation that borders on the freakish. By now, my family and friends are used to me complaining about the Oxford comma or yelling at TV newscasters. It's a historic jerk, a historic, not an historic. I cringe whenever someone uses certain words incorrectly. I kick and scream when the meaning of other words begin to evolve. Or I just smile and say, English is an ever-changing tapestry, when I purposely violate long-held rules just to stick it to grammar sticklers. Like this, it is actually perfectly acceptable to end your sentences with prepositions. But when I say this to some people, they swear on the grave of their 7th grade English teacher that this is utter nonsense, up with which they shall not put. And sometimes people will even share new words, grammar rules, and punctuation marks with me. A couple of years ago, I was introduced to the interrobang, a punctuation mark that combines the function of the question mark, also called the interrogative point, and the exclamation point, called the bang in printer's jargon. The word, just like the symbol, is a portmanteau, a blend of two words. If you Google the word interrobang, you'll see a question mark with an exclamation point lying right on top of it. It's supposed to replace the question mark exclamation point combination people use in angry questions, like, who ate all my Captain Crunch? It could have been a very useful symbol for those people who hate the question mark exclamation point combo and believe we shouldn't double punctuate like my newspaper editors. They feel we should just ask the question and let the language show that it's an angry one. But who appointed them the arbiters of punctuation? See how that works? I first learned of the interrobang after reading Keith Houston's book, Shady Characters, The Secret Life of Punctuation, 
symbols, and other typographical marks. Because I'm a word nerd, and I read books like that. It was created by ad agency owner Martin Spector and introduced in the March-April 1962 issue of Type Talks magazine. After gaining some media attention, it was added to a new font called Americana in 1966 and was added to the Remington Rand typewriter line in 1968. Even today, you can find it on your Mac or Windows computer if you know where to look. As I was writing the first draft of this piece on my typewriter, yes, typewriter, did I mention I'm a writer nerd? I created the Interabang by first hitting the Intero, or question mark, backspaced, and then followed it up with the bang. I even said bang out loud, and it gave me a little nerdy thrill. I worry the Interabang will never catch on, however. We Americans are set in our ways, and it takes a lot to get us to change how we do things, especially if it means adding new ideas and habits. That's not to say we didn't give it the old college try. Even now, it's seeing a mild resurgence among a new generation of writers. It just never quite caught on, after being labeled a fad by many language snobs who never end their sentences with prepositions, ever, no matter how wrong they are. Not that I'm bitter or anything. What's really insulting to Interabang fans is how readily people have adopted emoji, the small cartoony images on your smartphone used to represent emotions in people's otherwise gibberish texts. They're cutesy little graphics of smiley faces, frowny faces, and every variation of human emotion. Whatever happened to the good old days of typing a semicolon, a dash, and a right parenthesis for a winky face? Or a colon, dash, and capital D to show laughter? I know emoji are the natural evolution of the text-based emoticons, but I was more than a little surprised, equal sign number eight dash lowercase o, that they caught on so quickly. Meanwhile, the Interabang is hidden away on our computers and needs a hunting party and three bloodhounds just to track it down. Well, I certainly have mellowed out over the years and no longer rant over the egregious I seen or a misused apostrophe. Seriously, people, don't use an apostrophe in DVDs. I can only shake my head at adults who punctuate text messages with cartoon kitty cats. The Interabang has a proud, if obscure, 52-year tradition— it signaled an important new change in how we communicate with each other, while emoji make writers everywhere die a little inside. I want to use this opportunity to reintroduce the Interabang as an important punctuation mark, used for the truly important questions of our day. Like, seriously, you guys, who ate my Captain Crunch? That segment was written by Eric Deckers. You can find his professional work at problogservice.com and his humor writing at laughing-stock.blogspot.com. That's laughing-stalk at blogspot.com. And his book, Branding Yourself, online at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And now, on to Roughshod. Has someone been running Roughshod over you lately? If so, you've actually got it good, at least compared to what the phrase used to mean. Granted, this expression doesn't have a positive tone. If people are running roughshod over you, they're treating you carelessly. They're disregarding your feelings and doing what they want instead. Not nice. But the origin of the term is downright sinister. Here's why. You probably know that horses are shod with metal shoes. Horses that have to walk on icy or rough ground sometimes get special shoes with spikes sticking out of the bottom. This practice is called roughing, and it dates back centuries. 
In fact, we think the Huns of Eastern Europe invented sharpened winter shoeing way back in the 5th century. They're said to have mounted blade-shaped cocks on their horseshoes. In the 18th century, some war horses were purposefully roughshod. Shoes with frost nails helped them walk safely over snow. It also meant that the horses could be used as weapons. Why? Because their hooves could puncture the bodies of enemy soldiers that fell below them. Imagine being trampled by a horse wearing spiked shoes. It's not a happy thought. Over time, this brutal meaning of running roughshod changed. Today, it means to trample someone figuratively, not literally. So the next time someone runs roughshod over you at work or school, console yourself with this thought. At least they're not stepping on you with nail-studded shoes. And that's your tidbit for today. Running roughshod means acting like a domineering bully. That segment was written by Samantha Enslin, who runs Dragonfly Editorial. You can find her at dragonflyeditorial.com or on Twitter as dragonflyedit. And I'm Mignon Fogarty. You know you can find all the Grammar Girl articles at quickanddirtytips.com. But today, I'm asking you to check out my new show, Open Room Media, at iTunes. You're probably going to listen to another podcast right now anyway, so check it out. And yes, I end that show the same way I end this show. That's all. Thanks for listening. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.